welcome back to another exciting episode of My Sister's TBR, where we discuss our past, current, and future reads. I'm Rebecca. And I'm Stacy. We've got a jam-packed episode for you today. We're right in the middle of January, and you know what that means. It's time for our mid-month check-in. We'll also be discussing our most anticipated book releases for this month and whatever bookish news we can scrounge up. So get ready to add some fantastic reads to your TBR pile. It's going to be a great episode, folks. So whether you're commuting, working out, or just relaxing at home, we're thrilled to have you with us. Get ready for a dose of bookish goodness on My Sister's TBR. Pleasantries aside, uh, what's been keeping you up at night, Stacey? <laughs> uh, not a whole lot, because it's been putting me to sleep. <laughs> okay, not I can't I can't say that. That's that's kind of rude because. It's not the book's fault that my toddler is waking up at four and five o'clock in the morning every day. True. True. So my currently reading list is, it's kind of big. Oh dear. Yes. Uh, I'm actually reading a, an arc oh. of All's Fair in Love and War. It's by Virginia Heath. Hmm. Cute. Uh-huh. It's a it's a historical romance and it's 384 pages. When the flighty older sister of former naval captain Henry Kincaid decides on a whim to accompany her explorer husband on an expedition to Egypt, he finds himself unwittingly left in the lurch with her three unruly children and her giant mad dog. With no clue how to manage the little rascals, a busy career at the Admiralty, that requires all of his attention and no idea when his sister's coming back, Harry has to hire an emergency governess to ensure that everything in his ordered house continues to run shipshape. In desperation, he goes to Miss Prentice's school for girls prepared to pay whatever it takes to get a governess quick, sharp to bring order to the chaos. Thanks to her miserable, strict upbringing, fledgling governess Georgina Rowe, does not subscribe to the ethos that children should be seen and not heard. She believes childhood should be everything that hers wasn't, filled with laughter, adventure, and discovery. Thankfully, the three Pendleton children she has been tasked with looking after are already delightfully bohemian and instantly embraces her unconventional educational ethos. Their staid stickler for the rules uncle, however, is another matter entirely. So this one is expected to be published May 28th of this year. Oh. And so far it is, I, I'm really enjoying it. Like the, it's comedic and like their banter is great. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I think this is going to be a good read. And especially like to switch it out with like a historical read. I like that. That's what this year is for me is sort of a, a switch up. Yeah. So with it being an arc, so that just means that, like, you just get to read it before it's published, basically, hey? Exactly, yeah. Arc is advanced reader copy. That is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So I've got, I think, um, 30-something days left to, to finish it and get my review put up for it. So. And how far are you into it now? Um... A little less than a quarter into it. Okay. Yeah. So You'll get that done. You'll get that yeah. done. That's pretty cool. Yeah. 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 Um, what are you reading? Are you just reading the featured read? 
Um, no, I'm actually reading. <gasps> Hold on. Oh, okay. So I forgot to download the our featured read for like my travels on my way back up here. Oh, sad. <laughs> yes. But when I was picking through my library just to see which one was already downloaded, this book that I'm about to talk about right now was the one that was downloaded. And I'm actually very happy that I had it downloaded because um, I'm literally, I have two chapters left. Like I'm like 97% oh. finished it. What? I mean, it was all like all of my flights, right? So I had like freaking 24 hours basically. <laughs> so I had a lot of time to read. Yeah. Um, The Cursed by Harper L. Woods. This is oh. number two of the Coven of Phones oh. series. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Oh, I'm so excited to hear about this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so it's 331 pages. I can't read the description for this one because it's uh, a spoiler, obviously. Yeah. But we had... When did we feature this? October? Yes. Okay. Oh, my God. God and like I I know we just talked about this on our year end yeah episode a wrap up a wrap up but I will I'm just gonna say this I'm just gonna say this and then I'll read the description for book one just to if anybody is new here and hasn't listened to us talk about this before but Mm -hmm. at the beginning of the description for the cursed it says the sexy high heat vampires of J.R. Ward meets Shadow and Bone on the set of Vampire Diaries on this page turning dark academia romance and sequel to The Coven. So, okay, that packs a punch. Holy okay. cow. I, okay, hold on. Let me just, let me reel this back in a little bit and let me just read out the description to <laughs> okay. The Coven. So this is the description to The Coven, which is book one of The Coven of Bones. Um, Raised to be my father's weapon against the coven that took away his sister and his birthright, I would do anything to protect my youngest brother from suffering the same fate. My duty forces me to the secret town of Crystal Hollow and the prestigious Hollows Grove University, where the best and brightest of my kind learn to practice their magic free from human judgment there are no whispered words here no condemnation for the blood that flows through my veins the only animosity i face comes from the beautiful and infuriating headmaster alaric grayson thorne a man who despises me just as much as i loathe him and everything he stands for but that doesn't mean secrets don't threaten to tear the school in two. No one talks about the bloody massacre that forced it to close decades prior, only the opportunity it can afford to those fortunate enough to attend. To attend. Because for the first time in 50 years, the coven will open its wards to the 13. 13 promising students destined to change the world. If the ghosts of Hollows Grove's victims don't kill them first. The Coven is book one in the Coven of Bones series and ends on a cliffhanger. Um, so I, okay, I thought that the Coven was like so freaking good. I actually like the Cursed a lot more already. <gasps> really? I, mean, I was wondering how, how you were liking it compared to the first. Like... I'm basically done it at this point. Like I've already went through all of like 
the big aspects, you know, like the it's sort of on its wind down now. <sighs> yeah, I mean, I'm at like literally yeah. 97%. Like I don't have much left. Um, but at the same time, who knows how that's going to end? Who knows? Yeah. It's st- so I know in our last episode we were talking about how we wanted more aspect like like more from the university side, like not mm-hmm. just, you know, their personal lives. Um yeah, it's still you still don't get a whole lot. It's like book 2 mainly focuses on the romantic the relationship, okay. you know? Well, that's that's still fine. It's still that's fine. fine. <laughs> wow. Okay. I I could not stop. I was like next 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 like so good. Mm-hmm. So Okay, so I need to read this ASAP. Yes. Yes, you do. And like, there's, I can't talk about it. No. Uh, But, so, you know, you know the end, like the cliffhanger on the end. Yep. How we didn't expect that type of paranormal to be brought into the book. Right, right, yeah. Didn't expect that. So now, in this one, the complete opposite is brought in. Oh. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. I, I'm very, very pleased with it so far. I truly believe that this is going to be a five-star rating. Wow. Like, yeah. I'll re-discuss at the end of the month when I, yeah. when we discuss, like, our months to read. But, yeah. Very, very impressed. Oh, exciting. And I love how the little blurb at the top mentioned uh, J.R. Ward's books. I've actually never read any. So (laughs) J.R. Ward, um, she wrote the Black Dagger Brotherhood books. And these books um, was literally one of the books that got me into fantasy or like paranormal. It's more paranormal than fantasy. And I, I know this isn't our normal thing. But I I am planning on going back and rereading some of these because I read up to, I've only read up to book six. I finished book six and I didn't have access to any more of them at the time. And it just sort of got brushed, you know, under the rug sort of thing, put off to the side. And I just never went back to it. But I literally, like going back through these books now, I've rated all six of them five stars. Oh. But I read them like, in like 2007, 2008. <laughs> so like I was, I was little, yeah. you know, I was just like a little, you know, teenager. I was getting all excited about the vampires and stuff, you know. Oh, God. <laughs> yep. But these were like, I remember being so into these books that I'm, it's been multiple times now that J.R. Ward's Black dagger brotherhood books have been brought up over the last couple months so i'm like really itching now to just read it again and see if it still hits me the same i think you should honestly yeah i think i will i think it's worth it yeah i think um i think you might like it too with the whole paranormal aspect Mm -hmm. of it like the urban fantasy okay i I just give the first one a, a try just see see what you think of it yeah i definitely will Mm-hmm. Anyways, 
So what else are you reading? Uh, okay. Uh, I'm also listening to, because uh, I needed another audiobook, and this one um, came up on Libby, so I just, like, borrowed it from the library. Oh, yeah. Uh, Conversations with Friends by Sally Rooney. Uh, that's the same person who wrote Normal People. I don't know mm. if you're familiar with that at all or the show. I don't think so. The show was done really well. I never read the book yet, but we're getting there. Uh, so this is a another contemporary romance. Uh, 304 pages. The description is Francis is 21 years old, cool-headed, and darkly observant. A college student and aspiring writer, she devotes herself to a life of the mind and to the beautiful and endlessly self-possessed Bobby, her best friend and comrade in arms. Lovers at school, the two young women now perform spoken word poetry together in Dublin, where a journalist named Melissa spots their potential. Drawn into Melissa's orbit, Frances is reluctantly impressed by the older woman's sophisticated home and tall, handsome husband. Private property, Frances believes, is a cultural evil, and Nick, a bored actor who... Never quite lived up to his potential. Looks like patriarchy made flesh, but however amusing their flirtation seems at first, it gives way to a strange intimacy neither of them expect. As Frances tries to keep her life in check, her relationships increasingly resist her control. With Nick, with her difficult and unhappy father, and finally even with Bobby. Desperate to reconcile herself to the desires and vulnerabilities of her body, Frances's intellectual Certainties begin to yield to something new, a painful and disorienting way of living from moment to moment. Written with gem-like precision and probing intelligence, Conversations with Friends is wonderfully alive to the pleasures and dangers of youth. Huh. It's pretty good so far. Like, I'm only 16%, but um, I find Sally Rooney, like, I've I've read, like, little bits of normal people and, um, like, I've seen her writing style and while it's different, I think I think if I were reading it, I wouldn't be as interested in the story. But listening to it, it's different. Like, I feel much more interested mm. in it just listening to it. I mean, fair. Like, you're, yeah. you're more immersed into it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. So, yeah. It's, it's good. I think it's going to be... It's quite possible it's going to be like a four or five star for me, too, I think. Okay. So far. Yep. Are you reading anything else? I'm only reading the featured read as well now. So that's that's the only other book I'm reading. Okay. Okay. So you, you go ahead. <laughs> okay. Um. So our January featured read was, is Fall of Ruin and Wrath by Jennifer L. Armentrout. It's a fantasy romance. It's 416 pages, and it was just released uh, September. Uh, we actually spoke about it briefly in our September mid-month episode. I'll read out the description for those who don't remember. She lives by her intuition. He feeds on her pleasure. Long ago, the world was destroyed by gods. Only nine cities were spared. Separated by vast wilderness, teeming with monsters and unimaginable dangers, each city is now ruled by a guardian, royalty who feed on mortal pleasure. Born with an intuition that never fails, Calista knows her talents are of great value to the power-hungry of the world, so she lives hidden as a courtesan of the Baron of Arkwood. 
In exchange for his protection, she grants him information. When her intuition leads her to save a traveling prince in dire trouble, the voice inside her blazes with warning and promise. Today he'll bring her joy. One day he'll be her doom. When the Baron takes an interest in the traveling prince and the prince takes an interest in Callista, she becomes the prince's temporary companion. But the city simmers with rebellion and with knights and monsters at her city gates and a hungry prince in her bed, intuition may not be enough to keep her safe. Callista must follow her intuition to safety or follow her heart to her downfall. Damn. Yeah. Like, like this is just <sighs> screaming romanticy. Yeah. Like, I can't wait <laughs> to get into the actual story of it. Like, yeah. Because I know it's going to be good. It, it is going to be good. I've heard, I've read quite a few reviews now. Um, no spoilers, thankfully. I haven't come across those yet. Yeah, you're playing a dangerous game there. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, but a lot of the reviews had said um, that it is, like, one of her best. Oh. Uh, I don't know how accurate that would be to, you know, the majority of her fans. Mm-hmm. But a lot, But there were, like, a handful of reviews that said, like, it was... Um, like really good and uh, a lot of spice <gasps> apparently it it almost gets too much i've i've read um, a couple people say that but i i don't know if that's possible for us like in what universe <laughs> god i can yeah. i can feel it you know what i mean like i can sense yeah. it like i'm yeah. only we're only a couple chapters in so far but like i just mm-hmm. mm, i just i know i know what's coming yeah. Well, I mean, they already say uh, that the royalty, they feed on mortal pleasure. So <laughs> right off the bat, like, yeah. you know, it, you already get that sense that some it, freaky, be good. freaky shit is going to go down soon. Yeah. 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 I know, like, we're we're only a few chapters in yet, but I I'm a little bit further than you are. Mm-hmm. And I've already now hit that part where the claws are dug in and like I, I'm constantly thinking about going back and wanting to read. So, okay. So, yeah, it, it took a little bit leading up to um, like literally just a couple pages into chapter four was when it really started to to pick up for me. Uh, before that, I was struggling a bit. It did feel a bit slow. Uh, like there wasn't much like I wasn't getting much out of it, I guess. Yeah, I but completely agree. But now... Now I think I think we're into it now. Yeah, I found like the uh-huh. first couple, like the first, honestly, the first three chapters. Like I'm at the very end of chapter three right now, mm-hmm. but the first I the same way, right? Like the first three chapters were like I just felt like, like not necessarily world building, but I just felt no. like it was like a lot of information. Um, I feel like you said it wasn't necessarily the world building because I don't feel like there was much world building. No, being done. It was just a lot of words and not much. Yeah. You know. Like, I just. It didn't mean much to me, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) Literally, like, I just, like, I was, I would catch myself, like, reading. I'd be like, okay, what, like, what? Like, this is. Yeah. I just, I don't understand (laughs) what this is, what purpose is this serving. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I get that, like, there needs to be some, you know, some backstory there. So, hopefully, hopefully once you hit that part in chapter four. It, you'll you'll be okay with with what just happened like what you just read yeah 
We need to hurry up and finish this podcast so I can go back and read. <laughs> Same. Oh, I'm excited. Okay. Um. So with that being said, um, our anticipated releases of this month. Yay! This is January. like one of like this is my favorite part of these episodes. I agree because I find so many books that I want to read yeah. and they just keep getting added and added and added and my TBR <laughs> doesn't seem to be getting any smaller with how much I read. It just grows and grows. Yeah. Uh, so would you like to start us off? Sure. Will do. So the first anticipated release that we have here for january is oh it's a part of a series uh it's called the divine traitors number one and it's called so let them burn by camilla cole <laughs> the cover looks pretty cool yeah it's very colorful <gasps> Ooh, is that dragons i see it is dragons okay so this is 400 pages Expected publication is January 16th, and it's fantasy, YA, LGBT, dragons, sick. Sign me up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whip smart and immersive, this Jamaican-inspired fantasy follows a God's-blessed heroine who's forced to choose between saving her sister or protecting her homeland. Farron Vincent can channel her, the power of the gods. Five years ago, she used her divine magic to liberate her island from its enemies, the dragon-riding Langley Empire. But now, at 17, Farron is all powered up with no wars to fight. She's a legend to her people and a nuisance to her neighbors. When she's forced to attend an international peace summit, Farron expects that she will perform tricks like a trained pet and then go home. She doesn't expect her older sister, Alara, Alara, yep, Alara, forming a, oh no, forming an unprecedented bond with an enemy dragon, or the gods claiming the only way to break that bond is to kill her sister. Good God. Oof. Yeah. As Farron's desperation to find another solution takes her down a dark path and Alara discovers the shocking secrets at the heart of the Langley Empire, both must make difficult choices that will shape each other's lives, as well as the fate of their world. Damn. That so good. Oh, I love a good dragon read now. Yes. Yep. And especially a good YA fantasy. I find they hit so different. Mm. Nice and easy reads. Yeah. What's our next one? Our next one is A Fragile Enchantment by Alison Saft. Uh, This one is a fantasy romance, YA, and historical fiction. Mm. Mm -hmm, Okay. 384 pages, and it was published on January 2nd. In this romantic fantasy of manners from New York Times bestselling author Alison Saft, a magical dressmaker commissioned for a royal wedding finds herself embroiled in scandal when a gossip columnist draws attention to her undeniable chemistry with the groom. Oh, <laughs> the tea, the drama. <laughs> Niam has never let herself long for more. The magic in her blood that lets her stitch emotions and memories into fabric is the same magic that will eventually kill her. Determined to spend the little time she has left guaranteeing a better life for her family, Niam jumps at the chance to design the wardrobe for the royal wedding in the neighboring kingdom of Avaland. 
Avaland is far from the fairy tale that she imagined. While young nobles attend candlelit balls and elegant garden parties, unrest brews amid the working class. The groom himself, Kit Carmine, is prickly, abrasive, and begrudgingly being dragged to the altar as a political pawn. But when Niam and Kit grow closer, an unlikely friendship blossoms into something more, until an anonymous columnist starts buzzing about their chemistry, promising to leave them alone only if Niam helps to uncover the royal family's secret. The rot at the heart of Avalon runs deep, but exposing it could risk a future she never let herself dream of, and a love she never thought possible. Transporting readers to a Regency England-inspired fantasy world, a fragile enchantment is a sweeping romance threaded with intrigue, unforgettable characters, and a love story for the ages. I am obsessed with that. And look at that cover. I That's know. stunning. Okay. Done. <laughs> Added to the TBR right then and there. Yes. Up next is The Heiress by Rachel Hawkins. This came out January 9th. And it is a thriller mystery. 304 pages. I actually really like the cover of this one as well. Mm-hmm. That is... Yeah, I really like the greens. It's so eye-catching. Yeah. Like, I hate when people are like, oh, like, you can't judge a book by its cover. Yeah, you can. Yes, you can. <laughs> yeah, you can. I will never stop judging a book by its cover. Uh-huh. I will die on that hill. Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> When Ruby McTavish Callahan Woodward What the actual <laughs> That's what I said oh god about Okay Why? This is n- okay When Ruby McTavish Callahan Woodward Miller Kenmore dies She's not only North Carolina's longest name woman ever. Okay. Let me repeat this. When Ruby McTavish Callahan Woodward Miller Kenmore dies, she's not only North Carolina's richest woman, she's also its most notorious. The victim of a famous kidnapping as a child and a widow four times over. Good Lord. Ruby ruled the tiny town of Tavistock from Ashby House, her family's estate high in the Blue Ridge Mountains. In the aftermath of her death, the estate, along with a nine-figure fortune and the complicated legacy of being a McTavish, passed to her adopted son, Camden. But to everyone's surprise, Cam wants little to do with the house or the money, and even less to do with the surviving McTavishes. Instead, he rejects his inheritance, settling into a normal life as an English teacher in Colorado, Colorado and marrying Jules, a woman just as eager to escape her own messy past. Ten years later, Camden is a McTavish in name only, but a summons in the wake of his uncle's death brings him and Jules back into the family fold at Ashby House. Its views are just as stunning as ever, its rooms just as elegant, but coming home reminds Cam why he was so quick to leave in the first place. Jules, however, has other ideas, and the more she learns about Cam's estranged family and the twisted secrets they keep, the more determined she is for her husband to claim everything Ruby once intended for him to have. But Ruby's plans were always more complicated than they appeared. 
as Ashby House tightens its grip on Jules and Camden, questions about the infamous heiress come to light. Was there any truth to the persistent rumors following her disappearance as a girl? Was what really happened to those four husbands who all died under mysterious circumstances? And why did she adopt Cam in the first place? Soon, Jules and Cam realize that inheritance can entail far more than what's written in a will, and that the bonds of family stretch far beyond the grave. Damn. Mm. Yeah. So, she obviously killed her husbands. Oh. (laughs) Without a doubt. I can understand, like, maybe two coincidences, but four? That's all murders. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Definitely. Shit. Okay, that actually does sound very interesting, though. I feel like that's a lot of, like, back and forth, and it's gonna be, like keep you on the edge of your seat mm-hmm. always wondering like what's gonna happen you know like i feel like it's yeah oh honestly yeah, you know what i'm gonna add that to my tbr right now as well you know what i'm gonna call it she's not actually dead <gasps> oh. <laughs> uh next we have love naturally by sophie sullivan she actually wrote another series the jansen brothers that I've been wanting to read. Oh. They, yeah. Um, they all look really good. So I'm I'm expecting this one to be good as well. <laughs> I mean, I just, I feel like, even just like looking at the cover, like that type of like cartoon. I love those. I know. They <laughs> all too. turn out so good. Yep. Uh, so this one is a romance uh, contemporary. It's 320 pages. Uh, it's expected publication is January 16th. Presley Ayers is not the woman you bring on a camping trip. An accomplished concierge at an exclusive hotel in Great Falls, Michigan, she knows more about the top 10 places for champagne and caviar than she does about the best hiking boots to go stomping around near Lake Michigan. But when she surprises her boyfriend of eight months with a vacation to the Get Lost Lodge and he dumps her instead, (gasps) Presley decides to rough it solo and take the trip herself. Yes, you go, girl. Yeah. When Beckett <laughs> when Beckett Keller helps the gorgeous woman off the rickety boat and onto Lodge territory, it's clear she's made a mistake. She doesn't like hiking, fishing, or nature in general, so why did she go on this trip? But he's got other things on his mind. A crumbling lodge and his own plans and dreams that are forever deferred. So he doesn't have time for Miss Fish Out of Water, but neither Beckett or Presley can help the inexplicable draw they feel towards each other. He's all rough stubble and plaid shirts while she's all high heels and brand name athleisure wear. But you know what they say about opposites. A charming opposites attract romance, love naturally, is for anyone who ever stepped outside their comfort zone and found that all the best things can happen when you take a chance. Ah, uh, ah. Uh. I, I love it. Ah, <laughs> uh, God, I love that so much. The whole opposites attract thing is just, oh, I love it so much. <sighs> wow. It's giving me vibes of it happened one summer. Although, like, instead it happened one summer. She shows up at, like, a fishing town. <laughs> and now she's showing up in, like, a a lodge in the woods but it's still giving me that same same vibe i can see it i am so here for it i just love a good like i love a good romance yep speaking of love (laughs) 
Uh, our last anticipated release for this month is Love at First Flight by Joe Watson. This is coming out January 18th, and it is a contemporary romance. Naturally. Naturally. Doesn't say how many pages, though. Thank you, Goodreads. You're so very helpful. (laughs) (laughs) Things Pippa enjoys. Her job, airplanes, synonyms, and tropical fish. Interesting. Okay. (laughs) Things Pippa does not enjoy. Repeating patterns, tight clothes, people asking why she's single, and school reunions. After four months of only speaking over intercom, when air traffic controller Pippa Edwards finally meets pilot Andrew Boyce Jones face-to-face, they discover they've got much more in common than simply working at the same airport. In fact, they both need a date. Tired of every relationship ending before it's even begun, Peppa, Pippa, Peppa Pig... <laughs> Pippa, she's wearing a pink dress. (laughs) True. Pippa wants to evade the inevitable questions at her dreaded 10-year school reunion in Cape Town, and Andrew needs to get his well-meaning family off his back about settling down. The solution seems simple. A pact. A fake dating pact. For as long as it's mutually beneficial. It's perfect. Or at least it would be if their very real attraction wasn't about to make Pippa... Question everything she thought she wanted. Dot, dot, dot. Dot, dot, dot. Okay. So a fake dating. Okay. That uh, has the potential to be either really good or really bad. So right now, like I know it's like, it's not even out yet, but it only has Mm -hmm. 19 ratings and nine reviews, but Mm -hmm. it has a four star rating. So like maybe. We will see. Yeah, we'll have to see. Uh, The only other one that we had on the list was uh, Crescent City, third book, House of Flame and Shadow. It's expected publication is January January 30th, and we're obviously not going to even glance at the description. Nope. We do not want any spoilers whatsoever for any of this series, so this is a big no, no, no. Nope. (laughs) Not happening. But for for those of you excited about it, is being released on the 30th. Yay. <laughs> There's no way we're going to catch up for that, but no, we're not there yet. No, no. Oh my god. We have to get, don't we have to get through Throne of Glass first? Um we don't have to um because there's a few different like reading uh like recommended ways to read it mm. and I have seen people that have not gone Throne of Glass route before Crescent City. And I think even Ilsa had mentioned that we could jump to Crescent City before Throne of Glass. Okay. So, um, yeah, I'm undecided yet how I want to proceed after Akatar. I feel like I'm more excited for Crescent City than Throne of Glass, but I feel like I'm going to like Throne of Glass more. So it's a very confusing feeling. Mm. I'm just <laughs> really intimidated by how big of a series Throne of Glass is. Yeah, but the books are really small. True, and at the same time, and they're like YA, so they're they're gonna be easy to read. Okay, because I mean, like with Akatar, I would absolutely freaking love Akatar to be that long of a series. So yeah. maybe I'll feel the same feelings for Throne of Glass. 
I think you will. I think you're going to, I think you're going to miss the spice in Throne of Glass, but I think the story is going to be solid enough that you're really going to, going to enjoy it. Okay. So to balance this out, I'm going to have to read some hardcore smut while I'm reading Throne of Glass. (laughs) Yes. Basically. I hate being the way that I am. (laughs) So book news. Did you hear anything? Um, actually, yeah. Heard some very disheartening mm. news that I'm <laughs> not pleased with at all. <laughs> um, Rip the band-aid off. I know, I want to cry. <laughs> um, so it ends with us by Colleen Hoover. The film was supposed to be releasing on February 9th. Now it's not coming out. It's not coming out now until June. June 21st, I think. We've been waiting so long for this. But just think of it this way. With that whole, like, strike that was going on, they only just got back to um, filming. So if they had to rush to get it all done before February, I feel like... It wouldn't be great. Yeah. At least now we know that what we're getting is is going to be good. If you know, like better. It'll be up to its potential instead of just rushing to get it done, you know? Yeah, true, true, true. Okay. Um. So with that, I guess we'll... We won't be featuring It Ends With Us in February anymore, sadly. We'll have to wait now <laughs> until June. <laughs> Yeah. Cries. That's okay. Yeah. Now we have to come up with February. Oh, dear. Mm. <laughs> the month of love. Blech. So, something else. Um, I know that it was released in December, but we only just seen it in January. So, it counts for us. Yes. <laughs> uh, anyone but you. Uh, we went and seen that in theater um, January 5th. And... To me, I felt like it had such, like, bookish vibes. Yeah. It felt so perfectly bookish that I had to go home and I had to look up, you know, it it had to be a reference to some book. Some book had to have captured that movie, something. Mm -hmm. Um, But I found out, and I feel so, so stupid for not noticing. Oh, God. Um... It's loosely based on William Shakespeare's comedy, Much Ado About Nothing. And, like, the movie is packed full of references. And I didn't get a single freaking thing. But, like, mind you, like, I, I'm not a huge, like, Shakespeare, you know, nut or anything. Like, I don't know much about it other mm-hmm. than the very basics. So, you know, maybe I shouldn't feel so stupid for not... I don't catching think on to so. it yeah no maybe not but it just it was sort of like a well duh sort of moment when <laughs> i looked it up damn okay i love that though because i know like as we were we were talking about the movie throughout like there were scenes where words and phrases were coming up yes like you screen. said at the right yeah. yeah yeah and these are all mentions of the play or the the comedy no way. Yeah. I just wanted to talk just a little bit about it. Just how, like, clever they did this. Okay. I'm ready. 
Okay. So in the play, it's Beatrice and Benedict. In the movie, it's Ben and B. So I thought that was really interesting. All the names are like takes on the original names. Love it. Uh, so again, it's the same. The same thing sort of happens, just obviously very different, you know, like locations and plot and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's still basically about like the two characters. They're like playfully sparring with one another. And it's all uh, against the backdrop of Claudio and Hero's courtship. So in the movie, it's Claudia and Haley. Oh, right. Yeah. 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 So those are the two other names that were very similar. And it's basically all about like their friends and family trying to get Beatrice and Benedict together. I Uh, am obsessed with that. Yeah. And some like direct quotes from the play were said. Pete says some cupids kill with arrows and some with traps while he's talking to what talking to like the stepdad Roger Mm -hmm. and uh, Roger says that's really good I like that and he says oh yeah I just made it up (laughs) but but it was literally straight from the the play Uh, also Haley's wedding vows included a quote or I love you with so much of my heart that none is left to protest and then she tells Claudia she says I just made that up (laughs) right um but yeah that I, yeah, and like so all cute. of like the the very extravagant like eavesdropping and stuff like that, like that's taken from the play. Yes, because it, it kind of felt so almost bizarre in the movie. Cheesy. Yeah, but <laughs> now that I know that, yeah. it just makes I don't know, it just makes so much more sense. But I like it a lot more now, honestly. <laughs> yeah, and I thought that was just oh, it's so it was so great. Anyways, there's so much more to it, like with the props and like the setting and stuff like that, but. But anyways, yeah, I just thought that was so interesting that, or a movie that felt bookish was actually bookish. You had a good writer. Yep. Well, that was all I could find on bookish news. I think that's pretty dang good, honestly. This is a good month. Yep. So far. (laughs) And as usual, check out our Instagram at mysisterstbr. And uh, be sure to let us know what you're reading, what you want to read, what you want us to read, what you want us to rip apart or, (laughs) you know, like totally (laughs) squeal over. Yeah. And make sure, you know, if you like listening to us to give us a rate, give us a follow, whatever you got to do to keep up to date on Mm -hmm. us. Um, We appreciate the support and that helps us know, you know, that we've got some followers here and we got some fans. (laughs) I know... We got some out there somewhere. We do. <laughs> we do. Most are in Canada, as it seems. <laughs> True. Oh. Thanks, Mom. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I hope Dad doesn't listen to us. No. <laughs> oh. All right. Well, thanks for listening, guys. And see you again in two weeks. <laughs>